Hey guys, fall is upon us and you know what that means. Time for a wardrobe refresh. So before you go out and buy a bunch of clothes, I wanna tell you about my friends at Your Color Guru. They are color specialists that can help identify what color themes are best with your skin tone, hair, eye color, what makeup looks best on you. And my friend Jeannie Stith-Mawinney, who is the founder of Your Color Guru, did a color analysis on me a couple years ago. And when I tell you it was eye-opening, I was wearing colors that washed me out, didn't realize that there were certain things that were better on me for my complexion than others. And once I went through this process and it was so simple, I got this cute little cheat sheet color chart. And when I would go shopping, I could immediately just sort through and find the colors that worked best for me. And you would be amazed at how many people were like, oh, that top looks great on you. Oh, that color looks great. You look awesome in this. And it was always the colors that were on her color chart. I kid you not. So if you guys want to check her out, they have a special promo code for this organized life listeners. So visit yourcolorguru.com. Put in code organized life, O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-D-L-I-F-E, one word, organized life, and you'll receive 10% off your initial color analysis. I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. It's a great gift for people. So much fun, really seamless, and all done over the computer. So it's you can do it from anywhere. Awesome. Check it out. Welcome to This Organized Life. If you're a mom, wife, or coffee lover seeking advice on how to reduce clutter and reclaim time, look no further than your host, Lori Palau, founder of Simply Be Organized and author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. For a lot of people, clutter is their dirty little secret, but it doesn't have to be. Each week, we will share practical tips, chat with experts, and provide strategies on how to keep you organized. I hope that by sharing our stories, you feel a little less alone and more empowered to tackle the areas that are holding you back. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of This Organized Life Podcast. I am your host, Lori Palau, and I am super excited to share my guest with you today. Today, I am joined by Penny Williams, and I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Penny describes herself as a coffee-loving, atypical, parenting-obsessed mama on a mission. She's honored to help families on this always chaotic, often stressful, anything but ordinary parenting journey. Ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Through her podcast, award-winning books, online parenting training programs, parent coaching, and mom retreats, she has helped thousands of families survive and thrive in the face of ADHD. And we all know that that is something that is near and dear to my heart. So without further ado, I'd like to bring Penny to the show. Welcome, Penny. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. I appreciate the invitation and enjoy talking to you. Oh, I'm really excited. And just in the spirit of full disclosure, if you don't already know, I was actually a guest on Penny's show a little while back. And I will put a link to that in our show notes, but also I have a link to that episode on my website. So you can always go and uh, and listen to it there. It was a great conversation. But when Penny and I were talking, and I'm going to let you share a little bit about you, I thought, you know, this is 
regardless of what season of life we're in, these topics of conversation have so much relevance. And I get so many parents coming to me at all different ages and stages asking me about strategies and solutions and just advice with raising kids in general and then specifically with kids that may have some kind of learning differences. So I'm going to stop talking and let you just tell everybody a little bit about you and your backstory. Yeah. So I never imagined that I would really be on this journey and this is what I would be doing um, kind of career-wise in my life. But my son, who is almost 18 now, unbelievably, was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of six. So almost 12 years ago. And it really flipped my focus on its head. Um, He was really struggling in school, yet we could tell very easily that he was wicked smart. And so there was a real disconnect there for me. Why is he so intelligent and so sweet and kind and loving, but having behavior issues at school? Why am I getting calls from the teacher constantly starting on literally the second day of kindergarten? And we started exploring that not right away in kindergarten because the teacher was telling me that we just hadn't prepared him. We needed to give him more chores and responsibilities at home. We, you know, there were lots of insinuations that it was our parenting and lack of preparedness that was creating his issues at school. And so we were disheartened with that school for that reason and many others and decided to switch our kids back to public school. That was a charter school. And he got the most wonderful teacher that he has had in his entire school career. And she was really trying to accommodate his behaviors, trying to help him to succeed. And yet he was still having these same struggles, these challenges with staying focused, with being able to sit still and focus on a task, even for just a couple of minutes. He was also struggling a lot with writing and handwriting. Um, And so, and he was really behind grade level at that point. I know for first grade, the bar isn't real high, but he was not yet reading when the majority of his class was. He was just really um, kind of floundering. The behavior was taking over and he wasn't able to succeed in the classroom. And so then with this new environment and great teacher, and he was still struggling, I took him straight to the pediatrician and said, help, I don't know what else to do, right? And so she ended up referring us to a behavioral pediatrician who did an eval and came up with ADHD, which actually blindsided me because in the months we were waiting for the appointment for evaluation, I was all consumed with researching what in the world could possibly be going on. And I was certain that there was a learning disability, but I didn't think ADHD fit because I, like so many other people who don't know the facts or the truth about ADHD, assume that if he could sit still and pay attention to something, anything, it couldn't be that. And it turns out that 
that's not true. And it absolutely was ADHD. And I started blogging because I was just so confused. And there was such a lack of information about how to parent this kid that had this specific set of challenges. And the more I dove into it, the more information that I was amassing, but also as I was blogging, once I started talking about ADHD after that diagnosis, people started flocking to the blog and commenting and, oh, that's my kid too. And I'm so glad to talk about this. I'm so glad to find other information. And from there, of course, it snowballed into online courses and mom retreats and online summits and coaching um, and online classes, you know, books, just all of that, because I felt like somebody needed to step up and fill this gap. We're not given kind of this what to expect guide when our kids are diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and so that's kind of how I fell into this work. My my kid has definitely guided my journey, but he's also really changed who I am for the better. Um, in a lot of ways, I am a very different person, more empathetic, more compassionate. When I see behavior now, the first thing I wonder is, what is that child struggling with? Rather than oh, that's a bad parent, or oh, why doesn't that kid behave? You know, I just have such a different, more well-informed perspective on things. And it's become kind of my passion to really help families of kids who are differently wired. Um, My son did go on to also get an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis when he was 12. He's on the very high end of that spectrum. And so that's, you know, just kind of given us that extra bit of explanation for some of the things that were still going on for him after that. But it's been a long journey and it changes over and over. You know, it's been almost 12 years and things, many things have gotten better as he's gotten older. Some things have become more challenging and we just take it one day at a time, you know, and and meet him where he is with what he needs specific to him as an individual. And I, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, I appreciate anybody that is willing to share their story and expose themselves on on any level of vulnerability. And, you know, that's what we try to do here, whether you're talking about, you know, messy cupboards or you're talking about struggling with parenting or whatever this, you know, whatever the fill in the blank is, you know, and I, all I kept thinking of is I, I wrote down when I was taking notes of when you were chatting is just the word less judging, because I think shame and shame. I think those are the two things that I kind of wrote down is there's so much, and I know I can speak in just my own personal experience that I've talked about on my show and I, and I touched on it on your show as well. You know, when I, you know, Logan's the second of my two girls and my older daughter was just, you know, for lack of a better word, an easy neurotypical child. And I, I hate to admit it, but I was that, that judgy mom where if I was out and I saw a child misbehaving secretly, not proud of this, but I secretly was like, hmm, she's just not, you know, if she were, if she were this, if she were that and, you know, casting judgment and again, not proud of that, but it's, it's honest. And then when I was faced, you know, with a child that was struggling as well, all of a sudden, not only did it humble me, 
but it allowed me to really develop that level of empathy. And again, think to the why, and that is the biggest thing is the why. And it's just the same way, you know, you can make the, you can connect the dots to somebody's house, right? You could say, oh my goodness, there are positive dishes in the sink or laundry everywhere. Instead of just casting blame or making judgments, which we all innately do, unfortunately, or a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, look to why. What what's is there something that is is either a broken that needs to be fixed, or is there some other explanation that you know maybe we need to do things differently? And I think that's really what you started to do. And I'd love for you to expand on that because one of the things in your approach is to help parents change and adapt to the unique needs of the child versus the more old school traditional approach of trying to get your child to be more like what you want them to be. Right. We can't focus on trying to get our kids to fit in the box. Our kids are who they are. Challenges or not, and I say that and I already want to backtrack because we all have some sort of challenge. Nobody is perfect. No one just breezes through life and succeeds at everything. So there's always some level of challenge. But for kids who have maybe more than their fair share of challenges, there's always, always, always a reason behind the behavior. And I was just actually reading um, Mona Delahook's book, Beyond Behaviors, before we got on this call, and I'm loving it. And it's all about looking at why things are happening. Instead of talking about the surface behavior, we need to look at what is triggering it? What is causing it? What is going on in this child's neurology that is making it difficult for them to do things in a more neurotypical way? And that can really explain everything. And when we're looking at it from that neuroception perspective of, you know, brain-based lens rather than behavior lens, then we can change the behavior, the Mm -hmm. issue that we're seeing on the surface. So for instance, if my son is really upset, he's not managing his frustration very well, he's slamming things, he's yelling at me, I could react in one of two ways. I could react, which would be to kind of mirror in kind his tone, his behavior. I could raise my voice. I could slam doors and cabinets. I could really come at him in the way he's kind of feels like he's coming at me. Or I can breathe and take a pause and ask myself, why is he not able to handle that situation in a more appropriate way? And when I do that, I can be helpful. Oh, well, he has poor frustration tolerance. So I can come at him with some empathy and validation and let him know that, yes, this is hard right now. What can we do to get through it? What can we do to feel better about what's happening versus if I mirror his tone and his approach to me and yelling and slamming, all I'm going to do is escalate his behavior. And here's the key. I'm modeling for him that that's how you act when you're super frustrated, Mm -hmm. right? 
I am teaching him exactly what I don't want him to do. And the advice that you're sharing right now goes to me across the board. Like it's not, I mean, you, there's plenty of kids that again are neurotypical that we, like you said, we all have challenges. We all have areas that we struggle. We all get frustrated. We all blow off steam differently. If modeling good behavior, and I think this translates to behavior modification, organizing, school, whatever, whatever, again, fill in the blank, lead by example. And that's what I always say is you can control how you respond to situations. Yes. So by modeling that good behavior, and again, and we, this is a show about organizing in the general sense, but like organizing your life. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Not just your space, but organizing your time, organizing, you know, how you spend your time and what you bring into your home and all of the things. So when you look at this, model that behavior of what you want your children to aspire to be. And they might not do it exactly the way that you do it because we all see life. They won't. We all see life through a different lens, regardless of what our, what our neurologic makeup is. Uh, One of the things that I, and I I do want to also, I'll make sure that I get the, um, that link to include in the show notes of that book, just as a, as another yes. resource for people that I can include in our show notes. Absolutely. Now, great book. absolutely. Thank you. And I'm always looking for great resources that we can share with, with our, with our community. At the time that we're recording this, we're still in quarantine. We're kind of starting to hopefully kind of come out of it, come out of the shell a little bit, mm-hmm. but people's anxiety at all levels are at an all-time high and for a variety of reasons, fear, uncertainty, a lot of lack of routine. And I know that most people, again, regardless of, of what your neurologic makeup is, you know, studies show that people thrive in routine and specifically people that are either on the spectrum or have ADHD really need that routine to help keep them on track. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think the struggle right now for most of us is a lack of control, really. This feeling of helplessness, you know, anxiety is lessened when we can take control of a situation. We have, When we have control of the outcome, we don't have to worry as much about what's going to happen. And, you know, I have anxiety myself. I've had wicked social anxiety my whole life. And right now, for me, it's this feeling that I don't have control over anything. I'm stuck at home. I can't control the behavior of other people and how it might spread. I can't control, you know, where I can go and when in complete um you know, having complete control over that with with the way that things used to be. You know, we used to just grab our keys and walk out the door and go to Target, right? And now it's completely different. And so we've lost so much of that sense of having some input as to what happens. And for me, that's the biggest piece of anxiety increase during this pandemic and, and self-quarantine. Um, and I see that 
for a lot of people. And, I, you know, anxiety and depression are growing in people who've never had any issues with that before. I mean, this is a really, really tough situation. And we really are just floating along with it. We really don't have much of a say in how it goes. And that can create a real struggle. And and certainly for kids that are very structured, who really do well with a very structured routine and kind of fall apart without that, it has been a real process for parents to try to build that routine at home. And It can kind of not feel like a routine if you never leave the house, if you're always at home, but you can make a schedule. You can say, you know, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we do school. At 1 p.m. every day, we have lunch. At, you know, 1.30 to 2.30, we have screen time. You can really structure that, especially for younger kids. It gets harder in the teen years. You know, my son is not letting me create a routine for him. He is telling me when he is able and ready to do his schoolwork and I am being very flexible with letting him have more of a say in that. You know, I am a type A person who just wants to get things done. And so for me, I want to get up. I want to get school done. I want to move on with the day. I want to know it's done and not have to stress about it. And for him, he wanted to put it off to the very last minute or even do three days of work in one day and have those other two days where he didn't do any school. And oh my God, that sounds, to, like Lo- that sounds like Logan. That's, yes. That's, and, <laughs> you know, we really have to step back and say, okay, it's not the way I would do it. Yes. But if this is what my kid needs, is there anything wrong with it? He's not being penalized for late work. So what is really the harm in that? And, you know, he's been sleeping a lot more, which I think part of that is anxiety and even some depression. Um, We've been really fortunate that he had a couple of really good friends that he stayed in close contact via text or chat messaging, um, you know, where that was already what they were doing before they weren't going to school in person anymore. And so that's been something that's been a continuation. So something that has not changed for him and he still has those connections. Um, I think with a kid who struggles socially, you know, I'm really thankful for that and for him to have some sort of connection, even though he's not getting to see anyone in person. It's just really tough. It. I think we're all very much outside of our element. We're all very much just knocked off our foundations. And that can be really hard. And even implementing routine, it can help, but it's not going to make the the true issue go away. You know, we don't have the power as individuals to do that. So I think, you know, there's just so much more of that uncertainty that, and that's a real struggle for ADHD brains and autistic people to have that uncertainty. They need to know what to expect, when to expect it, how it's going to go, right? Because we might be dealing with sensory issues and challenges or time blindness and feeling like something that takes 10 minutes takes all day. And, you know, all of this stuff 
routine helps to address. And when we're out of that element and we're adding that huge layer of uncertainty, then we're really just kicked right off our foundations. And it's going to take time to kind of recover from that. You know, it's going to even after the world kind of gets back to some semblance of air quotes normal, we're still going to be readjusting because this has been so impacting. It's been so just monumental, right? And changing everything we know. Absolutely. I love everything you're saying. And I have so many thoughts. We're going to just take a quick break and we come back. We're going to pick up our conversation because I definitely, you hit on a few things that I I really want to come back and just kind of marinate on. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Hi guys, it's Logan. You might remember me from episode 138, where I shared some of my own organizing struggles growing up. I'm here today to let you know that if your kids are struggling with letting go or need a little extra support when it comes to getting organized, my mom's book is filled with tips for the entire family. She even has an entire chapter dedicated to getting kids involved, which includes a responsibility list broken down by age. So if you don't already have a copy, go ahead and order my mom's book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, available on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. Now, back to our show. All right, Penny, when you were talking, I'm sitting here like feverishly jotting down notes. And I think, and I, it's kind of a perfect segue to one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which was kind of your, like your mom retreats and the things that you've done in terms of using your life experiences and then turning this into a business that supports other women that are in, or not just women, I'm sure it's parents in general. I don't, want to gender stereotype, but other people that are in a, you know, a similar, a similar boat as you. One of the things that I think is really that for the parents that I've talked to either in real life or online that have reached out to me that have a kid that is either struggling with ADHD or dyslexia or somewhere on the spectrum, there's a lot of support right? I'm all about, it takes a village, right? I'm, I talk about it in my own life and, you know, not to be cliche, but it's, I, I think there's so much power in that. And especially if you are a parent of a child, whether they're younger or anywhere from K to 12, if they are struggling, there is usually a support system, whether they have an IEP, they have a case manager, they've got help from the IU, whatever it is that they have. And there are these other players that help relieve some of the burden that falls exclusively on the parent to help your kids navigate, whether it's lay schools or academics. And during this time, parents are, they don't necessarily have that. You know, everybody's taps, everybody is, you know, like we said, everything's been turned on its access. And again, I'm praying that by the time that this episode airs, we will be, you know, in a, you know, on our, our path out of this. But we all have to, again, prepare that, you know, for the second wave that's going to hit, we may find ourselves in periods of this isolation once again. And what does that look like? So where do we, I don't even know where exactly the question is, but it's like, you want to continue the routine, but on the flip side, you want to also say, okay, what am I going to just let slide so that 
life yes. is in a constant battle where we can continue life, whether it's a parent working outside the home and trying to get done their job there. Or maybe you have other kids and you can't devote 24-7 to the one child that needs a little extra help because you do have other people in the home that you need to attend to. So where's that? And I hate the word balance, but where is that balance that you say, yes, we need to keep these structures and routines. And where do we say, you know what, have extra screen time, you know, at the end of the day, I gotta, I, I gotta have my own sanity. Yeah. I'm all about letting it go. This is a journey that I have started taking in the last few years to really shift my perspective and attitude about life. Um, And I've talked about this many times on the podcast before, but I very much had a victim mentality. I thought things happened to me. I thought I didn't really have control over them. I thought that happy people were just different from me. They had different circumstances. They had a different personality. And I got really, really tired of that. I got really tired of the negativity. And around age 40, I was like, I I have to do something. I have to figure this out. I have to make it change. And I started researching like all these studies on happiness and the psychology of happiness. And really, they kept all coming back to it's all about your thoughts and your perspective, which I had always thought was this very hippy dippy nonsense. Like, really, if I think differently about something, it's going to go a different way. That's silly. But it's true. And I am now living that, you know, and that's not to say that uh, everything's hunky-dory. It's not. There's no such thing as perfection, but I am in a much better place. And part of that was really to let some things go, to recognize that every single thing in my life and my world was not worth stressing over. And the more I let go of the more free I felt and the more space that I freed up for joy and happiness. And it took a weight off the whole family because for years, everything I said and did, every conversation we had was about ADHD, was about struggle, was about, you know, not doing well in school, everything. I mean, my family started avoiding me in the house because they knew that's what I was going to talk about because I was just obsessed with making it better. And I couldn't make it better because our kids are who they are. We as parents are the ones who have to change. We have to change our expectations. We have to reanalyze our values and what we find really important in raising our kids and who our kids become and what that journey looks like for who they become. The journey can be different for every single one of us, and it should. I am all about raising kids as individuals, every kid, neurotypical, neuroatypical. We should be letting our kids be who they are and guiding that journey where we support, we set boundaries, but we also offer opportunities for exploration, figuring out where their passions are, their talents, what they might want to do in a career, you know, what's important to them. And, you know, the traditional model here in the United States is that we take an authoritarian role and we create adults who mirror who we are, right? That we want people to recognize that they're they're very much like us, that they have the exact same values and views and 
And that's not raising individuals. That's, you know, trying to build the system or reinforce the system of conformity. And when you start letting that stuff go, it's like this enormous breath of fresh air. There's so much more space to just be. There's room for peace. And that's hard, especially when you're type A like me. Like, I just want to control everything. I want to get everything done. I want to do a million things. You know, I have a thousand ideas and I want all the hours in the day times 10 to execute them all. Like, you know, that's just who I am. And anxiety certainly fuels some of that to figure out that for one, not everybody is like that and everybody doesn't need to be like that. And for two, all I was doing was enormously stressing myself out. I was making life worse for myself and everyone around me. You know, if you think about negative Nelly, if you think about somebody that has been a friend at some point or even a Facebook friend and just everything is always negative, how do you feel when you're around them? How do you feel when you look through their Facebook feed? It affects you in that way, right? And so on the flip side, if we are more optimistic and hopeful and can be positive, not to say that we're you know, putting on rose-colored glasses and ignoring the pain and the struggle in the world, but just viewing things with a more hopeful outlook, then that feels better to everyone around you, right? And that's the same in the family dynamic. When one person in the family is just really down and heavy, it affects everyone. And there's so much work that we can do even on a personal level, you know, this internal personal work that then can help our kids, that can help us do more for our kids or better for our kids. Um, we have this culture in the U.S. that moms especially are to give 110% of themselves to being a parent. Everything has to be about your child or suddenly you're a selfish bad parent. That's, you know, kind of this understood rule in our culture for moms. And what I've learned over the years, especially in hosting the Happy Mama Retreat, because we decided from the beginning that that needed to be about moms, about self-care, not about our kids' struggles, but a time where we actually focus on ourselves. You know, the more that we dove into that, the more speakers we had on that topic, I realized that self-care is so much more than a weekend away with friends or, you know, a massage or a spa trip. It's that everyday little things that we are doing to manage our stress. We're letting go of the small stuff that doesn't matter enough to be stressing out about it. We're taking five minutes for ourselves to just have a breath and kind of recenter and get back out there with the kids, right? And I'll tell you, my first foray in self-care was extra time in the bathroom <laughs> because I could go in the bathroom and shut the door. And even if they came knocking, I could say, a few more minutes, please, I'll be right there and just take a second to stand there and breathe and feel a little bit of peace. You know, we need that. We need that kind of incremental rejuvenation or respite throughout the day. And that's self-care. That is doing what you need for yourself so that you can be your best, which then makes you do your best for others. So we sacrifice ourselves for the betterment of our children, but we're actually in sacrificing ourselves doing worse for our children. We can't do our best if we're not our best. 
and we say that all the time on the show. It's 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 putting your oxygen mask on first, yes. you know. And I think again with moms specifically, although this does apply to some dads, but I see it the trend with women in my community is the guilt for taking any yes. type of self care. And what and I and I love the fact that it's like again, just like we always talk about starting small. If it's organizing a space, if it's spending an extra five minutes locking yourself in the bathroom. Like if that's what it's uh, the way that you're going to get started, then go for it. You know, whatever yes. you need to do to just have that quiet time to just sit and be and whatever you need to do, whether you're somebody that wants to go out for a walk or you're somebody that wants to take a bath or you're somebody that wants to meditate or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Again, not one size fits all, but I want you to just talk a, a bit. I, I think this is a also a, a good entryway to talk about your retreats because that's something that you've been putting together and I want you to just share with our listeners about that. Yeah, so the Happy Mama retreat this year was going to be the ninth retreat um which had to be canceled because it was in April and we could not get together safely obviously. And so it's now going to take place next March in 2021 um and that will be the ninth uh, conference, but actually the 10th, 10 years since we started. And the way we started was, you know, I started to really connect with people online, other parents, because I didn't know any other parents locally that had the same sort of parenting struggles that I was really trying my best to navigate, but not navigating well, right? And so I started connecting. That's the beauty of social media. I, you know, people really fault Facebook and social media a lot, but I would not be nearly as mentally healthy in this parenting if it weren't for social media and these ways that we can connect with people worldwide who are on a similar journey. And so a couple of these other moms that I was interacting with a lot online, on the blog and on social media, um, just one day we said out of the blue, wouldn't it be great if we could all just get together and hug each other and like, you know, just be with other parents who completely get it and aren't going to judge us. And we decided to try it. Nobody had any event planning experience. We we just were winging it completely. And I think we had 41 moms at the very first retreat in 2012, I want to say, or 2011. And it just snowballed from there. You know, the experience was so powerful to get these women together. And it was something that we knew we had to keep offering. And as the years went on, the other two moms um, had to back away from the planning and hosting of the retreat. And so it's been just me for several years now. But the, the whole focus of the Happy Mom Retreat is mom self-care. And it's only for parents of kids who have neurobehavioral or neurodevelopmental disorders. So kind of these invisible disabilities, which is a very different parenthood. It's very different to have a disability that just looks like bad parenting and bad character for your kid. That is hard. And mm-hmm. everybody who attends understands that. They understand the gravity of it. And it's a completely judgment-free zone. If someone feels the need to say, 
you know, I really didn't like my kid yesterday. It was so hard and I felt so disconnected and unloving. That's okay. It's okay to say that there because people are going to understand that feeling in that space. And we typically go Friday to Sunday. We have two or three speakers. They talk again about self-care. And in the context of having kids with extra challenges or differences, but it's all about what can we do to live our best life within these parameters that we've been given within the special parenthood. And what it's really turned out to be is an amazing, very tight-knit community of women who really get each other and really support each other. We have moms who have been to every retreat or almost every retreat, maybe missed one year due to a conflict. Um, and we have a Facebook group that's private only for women who have been to this retreat. And it's very much a really solid support system. You know, even me, when I have something that's gone awry and I need to vent or I need to tell somebody who gets it, the first thing I do is go to that Facebook group and post. You know, we're all there for each other. We're all in it together. And that is so powerful. It is so powerful to kind of have this force behind you that's holding you up, that's motivating you, cheering you on to keep going even when things are hard. And, you know, we started thinking, okay, well, we need to give moms kind of this weekend of luxury. We need to give them gourmet food and a spa in sight and things that they normally wouldn't do for themselves. And it really morphed very much away from that because over the years, I realized that it was really about connection and community. Mm -hmm. It was yep. not about getting, you know, this luxury experience that we don't normally do for ourselves. It was all about the connection and the community. And that is just amazing. You know, every year, especially now that it's just me hosting and pulling it all together, the couple weeks leaning up to or maybe even the month up to I'm like I'm never doing this again I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> this why do I do this to myself I run right? a few events and I feel the same way I know and then and then you do it and you see the fruits of yes. your labor and you're like oh my gosh now I know why I do it by Saturday afternoon I'm like of course I'm doing this again why would I not do this? How can I take this experience away from these moms? You know, and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to connect. It's amazing to have this group of friends. I mean, there are many of us who are there every year and we've really grown close. And, you know, I would consider them closer friends than anybody I knew in person because they get it. They get me. They understand my world, you know. Um, it's just great. And we do it here in Asheville, North Carolina, which is amazingly beautiful. I'm so lucky to live here in the mountains. It's really a picturesque scene at the Montreat Conference Center where we hold it. And there's just so much kind of exhale. It's just one big long weekend of laughter and tears and exhaling and really connecting. It sounds amazing. And I know that there's going to be people out there that are going to go, are there still tickets available? Can I come? So <laughs> is, so I'm, I'm just going to put you on the spot and just ask, is this, or well, we'll obviously we're going to link up and you, can you tell yeah, people yeah. where they can go and you could do it right now. Just tell them where they could go to learn more. 
Yeah, there's definitely spots available um, and they can learn more. The easiest way is to go to parentingadhdandautism.com and click on retreats, um, which I believe is under the work with me. It, there is a separate website for it, but that link will take you to it. The The URL is kind of convoluted. It's if mama ain't happy, but there's a hyphen <laughs> between every word and there's no apostrophe in the ain't because it won't work if you put it in there. So wasn't the most genius um, URL to pick. So if you know, you can get anything in my world from parentingadhdandautism.com. And again, for everyone that's listened to my show a million times, we're going to have links in our show notes. So you will absolutely be able to connect up with Penny, her website, her offerings. She's got so many things. She's got books. She's got courses. And I mean, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I think it's amazing. I love the work that you're doing. I love the passion that comes and that continues to be a driving force. It's evident. And I highly encourage anybody, not just with... Uh, uh, you know, a, a child that might be struggling, but even just to have a better understanding and empathy for people, because there are so many cases and so many people that are either not diagnosed or misdiagnosed, that people that we interact with, just to have some understanding of the lens that other people might be seeing the world through is important. Yes. And it just, yes. again, it gives us so much grace. I mean, I do a lot of work now with understanding, you know, you talk about personality and motivation, and and I actually have incorporated a lot of Enneagram work with kind of the stuff that I'm doing. And really, the deeper I go with understanding, not just about myself, but about other people, and the perception that what I'm putting out there, how that's perceived by other people, it's just it's invaluable information and wisdom. And so even if you're like, this doesn't apply to me, it may somewhere down the down the road, you know, cross paths. So I think that there's value wherever it applies to someone, you know, for sure. Neurodiversity is here. It's not going anywhere. The rates of diagnosis of um, neurodevelopmental and neurobehavioral disorders is rising quickly. You know, we are a very diverse population in neurology at this point. And so whether you know it or not, you know somebody who's either parenting a child with challenges or maybe an adult with ADHD or an adult on the spectrum. Um, so it's it's super valuable to understand that we need to really get to know people on that deeper level or get to know what's happening on that deeper level. You know, again, when I see a kid melting down in the grocery store now, I have total empathy and I start thinking in my mind, you know, I bet he's struggling with something. I wonder if mom even knows. I feel like I should just go say, it's okay, take a breath. We're not judging you, you know? And of course I don't, social anxiety. I don't talk to strangers, but (laughs) I like, I'm just running through that in my head thinking, oh, that poor parent. Oh, that poor child. Not from a pity standpoint, but from a, there's so much more going on there than people are seeing. And I wish everybody saw it. I wish we could take a shift as a culture to this individuality and celebrating that with difference comes gift and benefit. You know, yes, there's hard things. I'm not saying that it's a cakewalk to have ADHD or autism or learning disabilities, not at all. It's just that it also 
brings different opportunities that without it, you might not have. You know, there's so many people with ADHD or autism who are really out of the box thinkers. They are able to problem solve in different careers and different companies in a way that their neurotypical colleagues cannot. You know, they don't we tend to, as neurotypicals, not really look that far outside of the norm or the box, right? And so we need these different thinkers. We need to embrace them and understand that they just work differently. They experience the world differently, but there's beauty in that too. Amen. Amen to that. I think that's a perfect way for us to close this chapter of our conversation. I definitely, you know, again, I think there's going to be a lot of people reaching out to you, listening to your podcast, you know, visiting your website, possibly signing up for your retreat or taking one of your courses. We're going to take one more quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to wrap up with our two questions that I always ask all of our guests. So sit tight. Okay, guys, I know we're all struggling being stuck inside, so hopefully this offer is going to cheer you up. You might remember my conversation with my friend Jeannie Stithma-Winnie from Your Color Guru. We spoke back in episode 163, and if you listen to the episode, you will remember me talking about how she completely rocked my world by doing a color analysis on me and proving that basically 90% of the items in my closet are not the right color for me shocking. But the good news is that she made it so easy for me to know exactly what colors I should be wearing. So now when I go shopping, something that I dread to begin with, it's so much less painful because I can immediately go to the colors that she recommends based on my specific colorings. Well, after that episode aired, Jeannie was flooded with people wanting their own color analysis. So I asked her if she would offer something special for our TOL community. So here you go. Jeannie is offering 10% off any of her consulting services to any TOL listener with the code Organized Life. So whether you're looking to fill in gaps in your wardrobe, or maybe you just need some guidance and permission on what items to donate, Jeannie is a great resource. We're going to have specific links in our show notes for you, but if you can't wait, Hop on over to yourcolorguru.com and enter the code Organized Life. That's one word, Organized Life, to receive 10% off any consultation package. And when you talk to her, you are going to love her as much as I do. So make sure that you tell her that I said hi. All right? And make sure to also post your pics in our Facebook group, This Organized Life Podcast, because I want to see. Now, back to our show. Okay, Penny, I appreciate all of your wisdom, your stories, everything that you've learned and that you shared with our listeners today, but I, I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable one more time. <laughs> so we always wrap with it. Okay. So we always wrap up our show by asking our guests two questions because our show is all about honesty and authenticity. And we think there's places where we're struggling and places where we're thriving. And I would love it if you would just share with our audience in the scope of however you define organization. Um, it could be your time. It could be your physical space. It could be your calendar. It could be your computer, whatever it looks like. 
where do you feel like you are thriving and where do you feel right now in this season that you feel like a bit of a hot mess? You guys, I'm so excited to tell you about my new partnership with Factor Meal Prep Service. So as a mom and a professional organizer, I'm always looking for ways that I can streamline and simplify mealtime. And when Factor approached me, I really wasn't familiar with them. And they sent me my first package and I was completely floored. So unlike other meal prep services where you got to have to still assemble it and figure it all out, Factor is completely done for you. Like I opened up the box and there were six pre-done meals that were all individually wrapped, packaged, and labeled like music to my ears, people. And I was thinking for all my busy working parents, this is such a great way for your kids to be able to become self-sufficient. And if they come home from school or practice and they're starving and you're just in the middle of something, they can just pop one of these in the microwave or in the oven and voila, they have an entire meal. There's over 35 different options to choose from keto to vegetarian, calorie smart, all the different things. Plus they have other options such as snacks and breakfast and a whole variety of different things. So regardless of what your needs are, Factor has you covered. And also Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. Head on over to factormeals.com slash organizedlife50 and use code Organize Life 50 to get 50% off. So let me spell that out. O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-D-5-0 at factormeals.com slash Organize Life 50 to get 50% off. Where do I not feel like a hot mess? <laughs> really? Um, oh my gosh. I'm kind of a hot mess with my memory right now. And I think it's the extra stress, but you know, I can't remember dinner yesterday anymore. It's so bizarre and kind of unsettling, but you know, I am I'm just a hot mess in so many ways, anxiety. Um, and you know, my house, you were telling earlier about, not judging people who have dirty dishes in the sink because there's probably some reason for it. Yeah. I also have fibromyalgia. And so I run out of energy faster and, you know, having a pristine house ends up being sort of at the bottom of the list. It's sanitary and it's right. You know, it's what it needs to be, but it's not um, pristine. It's not ready for the magazine to come in and take a picture and that's okay. And, and I've come to that place where I can give myself permission to say that is okay. There isn't such thing as perfect. Um, letting go of that perfectionism is a big piece in feeling a little less of a hot mess about a lot of things. Um, where I feel the most organized, I would say, is my calendar. I am really obsessive about putting everything in my calendar with five alerts. Like for this conversation with you today, I had one day before reminder, an hour before, 30 minutes before, 10 minutes and five minutes, because I do not want to accidentally miss 
any commitments that I have made. But I will also put in, you know, pick up dog food at the store so I don't forget when I'm out or it all goes in there. Every detail, if I have a meeting with someone and I've thought about something I want to discuss with them, I type it into that calendar event so that it's all there in one place. And, you know, I've had to give up a lot of my innate organization. I am very hyper-organized person, and I would really like my home to be very neat, very orderly, labeled, all of those things. But I live with three people who are not organized, and it was stressing me to death to go behind them and try to keep everything organized. And I had to give up on that some, but, you know, in, in my calendar and in managing myself and where I need to be and when I need to be there and what I need to do when I'm there, I have really focused on that digital calendar that's in my phone and synced to my computer and, you know, my tablet, it's everywhere. And those alerts are, are overkill you know, so many people laugh when I share how many notifications I put on things. But I, you know, I feel like I show respect when I show up on time and prepared. And so I use the tools I need to use to make sure that I'm meeting that goal for myself as much as possible. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate you saying, you know, things that maybe were a priority or that they had to, they had to kind of go down on the list because other things took precedent. And that's really yeah. kind of the message. That's really the overarching message of this show really is to say, listen, organization is going to look different for different people in different seasons of your life, you know, and it, there are going to be times where things that were super important at one point are much lower on the totem pole and that's okay. And we are all kind of figuring out the best way for ourselves. And if we need support and guidance, there are people and resources and tribes out there like the one that you've created for people to feel less alone. So we have to give ourselves permission to be human. Yeah. We don't do that. We have such high expectations for ourselves and a lot of times they're unattainable. They're not doable. We have to give ourselves permission to be human beings. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, thank you, Penny. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll make sure again, everybody that we have links in our show notes to connect up with Penny to learn more. If this is your first time tuning into our show, please click the subscribe button so you don't ever miss an episode. And you can always go back to our archives and find topics on pretty much anything related to life, parenting, organization, you name it. And we want to hear from you. So if you are on social media, we have a Facebook group called This Organized Life Podcast. Head on over there, post your comments, post your questions. Um, and if you want to be on, find us on Instagram, it's at Simply Be Organized and is our handle. And you'll see lots of pretty pictures from our people and inspiration pics. You know, again, it's all about authenticity and honesty, and we're glad that you're here. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to click the subscribe button wherever you are listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. 
A special shout out to our amazingly talented podcast producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for all of his hard work. And finally, if you want to connect with me, visit simplybeorganized.com or find me all over social media at Simply Be Organized. I'll see you next week for another episode of This Organized Life.